Crisis on Infinite Earths, our universe has rebooted, and we are Modest and Average Reviews. We were the Modest and the Average, which was my hilarious joke, you know, like a pun on the bold and the beautiful. Yeah, and the Modest and the Average, the bold and the beautiful, it worked. We've evolved, and this second stage of our life cycle sees us reviewing Modest and or Average content, whether it be movies, TV, Podcasts, peer-reviewed journals. No. <laughs> I had enough of that at university. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so uh, our social media following kindly took up the challenge of um, making us some really good suggestions. Mm, mm, yeah, definitely. There were some animated shows. Um, there was like kind of some classic movies, which, you know, we really appreciated all of the feedback we got from everybody. Um, but sort of things like Titanic and other like big classic things, we're not really looking to review on this podcast just because they have been reviewed and are so well known and are in the public consciousness. We're kind of looking at things that are a bit more shit. Yeah, we're looking for like, you know, those DVDs that you find for $5 at a JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, I think JB Hi-Fi discount bin. That mm. is, yeah. Did you know that my first job was at Sanity? I, that does not surprise me in the least. And one of my jobs, because I was like 15, I was 14 and nine months, oh. was like putting empty blank DVD cases behind like one I actual DVD those. to make it look like they had lots of stock. That always of... perplexed me. So it was just, was it just like an optical illusion? Yeah, it was just to make it look like there was loads of stock. But you'd go, you'd pick up the DVD in the front and then there'd just be blank DVDs behind it. Always frustrated me. And the fact that the ones right at the front had all of those weird stickers and shit on them. Like yeah. they clearly weren't the ones that you could buy. I just wanted to buy the thing. Yeah, weird that they like totally went out of business. Mm. So that was my first job. We got really sidetracked. Yeah, uh, my first job was tutoring chemistry, physics, mathematical methods and specialist maths because You're clearly a I'm a fucking cool kid, man. Nerd alert! Yeah. Maths and science is cool. <laughs> anyway, so we had amazing um, suggestions from our subscribers and our social media friends. All three. Don't be mean. More <laughs> than three people gave us suggestions. Some of the suggestions we got were... Um, so, like, Titanic and anything by Quentin Tarantino. Mm. They were both from my mum. Yeah. Thanks, mum. We also got suggested uh, the Kardashians. Mm, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep. Um, but we went with, drum roll. I was going to insert a sound effect. Wow, but shit, that was good foley, though. Yeah. Oh, amazing foley. <laughs> um Thank you, Frank, who suggested three men and a little lady. But unfortunately, your suggestion was so average that the internet could not provide. Mm, We searched the globe and could not find a copy of it anyway. I actually rang Target, JB Hi-Fi. I tried to download it off iTunes. I tried to illegally download it. I couldn't. Don't say that on the podcast. (laughs) Well, I didn't illegally. I just tried. (laughs) It doesn't count if you just tried. Oh, well, I like touched some cocaine on my fingertip, but I did snort it. No, but my gums and I just. Yeah, just rub it out like a little addict you are. (laughs) Um, We couldn't find Three Men and a Little Lady, but it's the sequel to Three Men and a Baby. 
so that's what we went with. Mm. It's also rated at like five out of ten on IMDb, so it hits the mark for the average meter. I'd heard of the title Three Men and a Baby, but I hadn't seen it. Had you heard of it? No. Um, when you mentioned it, I thought you meant Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And it kind of got me thinking on that, and I was just thinking about whether there was any connection there, and... Maybe there is, but not really. Somewhat like thematically, there's a link, Mm, maybe. A little bit. So it's a 1987 film with Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, Steve Guttenberg, and it's directed by Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, I guess Spock just got bored of the Enterprise or whatever. Was that the ship? Was was it Enterprise? I don't know, fuck it, who cares? You're the nerd. No. Hey, even <laughs> I am not that nerdy. Sorry, Star Trek fans, but Star Trek is fucking lame. One third of our listener base is a massive Star Trek fan. <laughs> is it? I can't say on the oh, podcast. Privacy. <laughs> um, what years was Spock on Star Trek, though? Like, did that coincide? Because that, that would be a really weird mm. body of work to have running simultaneously. Yeah, like kind of pop culture, sci-fi icon, and then whatever this was, which we'll get into in a second. We couldn't decide on a genre because from the cover, which is sort of like, oh, I was about to do like a visual, but that doesn't work for something recorded. But imagine like the really cheesy, like hammy kind of comedy, shocked face, like three men that can't believe they're holding a baby. Like what's just happened? Our life's been turned upside down. What is the deal? Yeah, basically. And it just made it look like this really dumb comedy. Like I was imagining a lot of kind of slapstick and, you know, the bottle's too hot. Which there was a little bit off to be fair at the start, but it just took some tonal leaps in the second act. If you had to give this movie a tagline, what would you give it? Three men learn how to love. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, yeah, that was actually a lot nicer than <laughs> what I previously thought. I was thinking, like, three heroin smugglers abandon a baby. And there's a crazy lady at the end. <laughs> there's going to be spoilers, but if you haven't seen a movie that was released in 1987, I don't think you can get mad. No, not at all. Oh, they don't, don't even talk, talk about, about who these people are, really. It just kind of starts off with this really lame montage of, like, this cool kind of bachelor party with all of these guys in there. I think they just moved into the apartment. It's a housewarming, right? Oh, I wasn't paying that much attention to the kind of party it was. I didn't occur to me. Mm. Well, my, the implication, well, I, I thought it was a housewarming and it's just about them being like really edgy kind of um, sexy bachelors. Yeah, they're just like playboys. It's kind of like quite problematic because they're just shown kind of chase and tail and I don't know, there's a lot of 80s music that I found very distracting. Mm, and a lot of womanizing too. Basically like every kind of change in act i guess like act one act two is signified by a montage oh like an insane like 80s montage featuring like wacky music and like the opening montage is introducing the characters and like you see that they've they've got this amazing new york loft so the elevator opens directly into their apartment Mm. and they don't have particularly great jobs yeah i mean they have like a kitchen that's in a greenhouse? Yeah, it's amazing. And they just like hang out and they barely ever go to work. But anyway, I don't want to get bogged down in all the little details, but pretty much the movie opens. At what point did you find this movie to be like quite average? Like you knew it wasn't going to be a really good movie. Second three. 
second three with the music. Oh, it's in the third cheesy, second. The third second. Oh, I was like, second three what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just as soon as the music kicked in, I'm like, all right, we're in for it here, guys. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. It was just clearly going to be <laughs> average, but really watchable overall. Yeah, I think the actors, especially, I don't know Gutenberg's baby guy, but Tom Selleck mm. and Ted Danson were a delight to watch in this movie. To be clear, Cleon thought that Steve Gutenberg was Billy Crystal because to him, all Jews look the same. <laughs> Do I just look like Billy Crystal? You do. I really want you to host my um, Oscar movies night or whatever. Happily. <laughs> and fuck McRyan. What? Oh. <laughs> You've seen When Harry Met Sally. That was it. It's actually one of my top five movies yeah, of all time. Yeah, it's one of my top Very five surprising movies too. for me. So good. Mm. Anyway, sidetracked. Um, pretty much like, should we just kind of go over the broad strokes of this weird-ass film? Yeah, let's do it. So like, you've got the more obvious side of things, which is just like, three men acquire an infant. They are all party bachelors. However, will they cope? Mm. Haha, they don't know what size nappies to buy or what babies eat. Exactly. They don't even know what a baby is. It takes like... Four door swings for Tom Selleck to realise that there's a human child in front of him. Oh yeah, because the baby gets left on their doorstep. The storyline's super dumb. Out of the three men, Ted Danson is in it probably like the least because he's off. He's an actor in the movie. Hmm. Um, coincidentally, well, who did we say he looked like? He looks like a cross between Hugh Hefner no, and Dracula. And Dracula. <laughs> he totally does. He has like the Hugh Hefner, like, what is it called? Like robe? Yeah, like a smoking jacket. Smoking jacket. That, there it is. And he just has this very Dracula-like look. I mean, it kind of makes sense because Ted Danson just, I feel, even though he looks older, I feel like his energy has not changed no. since the Cheers day. You wanna be where everybody knows your name. He's just as intense as he was in Cheers and in Becca. And in The Good Place. Such a good show. Um, The evolution of his career is kind of amazing. mm, mm, He kills it. Every little thing he does, he's like kind of the MVP. Yeah, he really is. He's pretty good in this. He's not in it for a big chunk of it, basically to get the plot to move on. So essentially he's like an actor in the movie, as in he plays an actor, and he's away shooting on location and his roommates, Tom Selleck and generic Jew <laughs> receive buy one at your local IGA <laughs> generic Jew they're not owned by Germans are they mine comes <laughs> I'm wrapped in a blanket so I'm mine comfy comes oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna listen to this I, I don't know my, my people <laughs> Oh, this took a turn. Come on, moving on. Uh, anyway, so Ted Danson's away. Other two guys are there. They open the front door and there's like literally a bassinet with a baby in it with a note waiting at the doorstep. And there's a phone message from Ted Danson saying, hey guys, I'm expecting a package to arrive. Just take it, take care of it for, you know, the next week or so. I'll be back and I'll look after it when I get home. Yeah, and by the way, in the previous um, music montage, there are a couple of drug dealers just saying, hey, we're going to get a package through to your house, like we're going to smuggle something in. Naomi didn't believe me. She didn't think that it was actually drugs, but I immediately could tell. I just thought that they were dressed not like drug dealers. It's the 80s, man. The Drug dealers weren't as ethnic back then. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really white and they're quite well spoken. So I just thought, you know what? There's one black character in this movie who has. Wait, a, who was the black character? Just in this a really movie? small part where it's like the narcotics cop um, has like two guys that are undercover agents. Yeah. And one of them is a guy who's African American. And because it's an 80s movie and they're like making terrible comments just offhand about like women and people with a disability and all this. I just assumed that the black guy would be the villain. Mm. So or that bad. he would die before the second act. Yeah. Mm. But he was just a bit part. So it was just the other side of 80s movie racism mm-hmm. where there's just like no people of color in there at all None with any like all. speaking parts. I got really, I mean, it was so white that I got excited when a Chinese guy just walked past. You did the get excited. <laughs> you were like, oh. It's an Asian. It's an Asian. From the subcontinent. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, so they like, uh, we can't believe that, I don't even know Ted Danson's character's name. Probably I don't know, like, John or Jack like or something. Jack. It's Jack, isn't it? Is it Jack? It's I Jack. It is remember. actually, yeah. Huh. Can't believe Jack said it was just a package, but it's a baby. Oh, Jack. Anyway, turns out there was another package and it was a big chunk of heroin. So that's where this like... Freaking strange second, like, parallel storyline comes in where these people have to look after a baby, but they've also got, like, a lot of heroin. I think they say it's, like, $250,000 worth of heroin in their apartment. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about it while we were watching, and I was just like, what purpose does this serve? And then I was just like, actually, two guys or three guys looking after an infant for the whole movie would be hella boring. Well, you could put some drama in if you just extend the whole act of the mother coming back and wanting it back and then they get really attached to the baby and maybe they go off on their separate bachelor lives and then they come back together again because they find that their life of fucking doing drugs and drinking and partying is just shallow once they met the baby. It's so wholesome. Yeah. I I could write this movie and it wouldn't be so fucking average and we would have never watched it because it would never be on this podcast. You could do the reboot. (gasps) Totally cool. You could start a movement. Mm. Oh. Proud and high quality. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Three Men and a Baby Wholesome 2018 edition. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this like this whole subplot where they're looking after this heroin and then the drug dealers come back and there's this like super awkward scene where the drug dealers come by and they're like, We're here for the package and then Tom Selleck gives them the baby. And then the drug dealers take the baby and the guy's really happy to have a baby. Like what was he going to do? I actually it? wondered if he was just like, oh, we'll take your baby and they're just going to kill the baby. Like in this universe, a drug dealer is also hitmen mm. who are okay I, with like murdering infants. Actually, a detail that I just remembered was that the drug dealer guy takes the can of baby formula mm. at the end of that scene. So maybe he just thought that that was the heroin. That was the heroin. And it was like a really elaborate ruse so yeah. that it didn't, if they were being watched by the cops, it didn't look like they were doing a drug deal or yeah. an exchange of whatever. Exactly. And to sell the ruse, there was actually like a baby that was transacted, which yeah. is absolutely wild. Like what fucking universe is this movie happening in? Yeah. So like half the movie is just like Tom Selleck and the Jew running around being like <laughs> super, super stressed, looking after a baby and hiding heroin from some cops. Yeah, like, oh, babies poop. What? Yeah, it's, um... Anyway, so they spin the wheel doing that for a while. And then what happens after that? Uh, what's his name? There's some hijinks with, like, a DEA agent who's following up on the heroin and looking for the dealers that are connected to the actor. 
Um, so there's like, you know, a couple of like real fun stuff there where um, Jew hides the heroin in the baby's nappy. Excuse me. That's our word. Jewy? <laughs> He's got a name. <laughs> Billy Crystal, right? It's, God damn it. It's Steve. Oh, wait, no, no, wait. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that Jew. At least you can say Seinfeld. So, yes, but, like, I did not expect Three Men and a Baby to have this whole, like, drug-dealing subplot. Yeah, it was... I I do think that this might have been a production snafu where, you know, someone wrote a romantic comedy and the producer just wanted to spice it up a little bit. I Yeah, I actually... Well, the the director is, like, your old mate Leonard. Old mate Lenny. Lenny and Dog. Spocko. Spock. Yeah, I, I actually don't know anything about Star Trek, so I can't add to this joke. Really? Yeah. I actually thought you... Did what? you actually fucking think <laughs> that I just was a Star Trek fan just because I'm a nerd? Yeah, I just thought you were. Only Doctor Who, Battlestar Galacta, Galactica, and kind of Star Wars. Nerd! But th- to me, that's just all the same. It's just one blog. They're of- not! Star Wars is... Futuristic space samurai. Battlestar Galactica is about artificial intelligence and what it means to be human. What was the other one I said? Oh, Doctor Who is time travel magic. They're completely different. But they're all boring. Fuck you. So to me, it's it's under the same umbrella of shit I just don't want to watch. I hate you so much. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Um, anyways, this this movie was truly average. I found it pretty watchable. Um, pretty much in the end, they managed to like frame the actual drug dealers and get it on camera. There's just like some really awkward, stupid moments in there that are designed to move the plot along. Yeah, they decide to like videotape like this awkward confession from the drug dealers, and the drug dealers just saying, "Yeah, let's get the package from you." Which I mean, I I really can't see how this can hold up in court. But anyways, he makes the video and then he just trips over and falls so that the drug dealer hears him. As in the, in the person background. that was filming this, yeah. the confession. It was super dumb, but it was there to like manufacture like a tense chase scene. Mm. Which was like, I think Cleon was in the kitchen making tea at this point. So it wasn't very it was watchable. not that exciting. Do you think they just did this whole like action plot line because Tom Selleck is in the movie? I don't know. Oh, the other tagline I had. Wait, why would it be an action-y subplot for Tom Selleck? Isn't he an action guy? Is he? Is he? I actually only know him from Friends. From when he's Monica's boyfriend in Friends. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna IMDB this boy. Cause I do feel like he's very action heavy. We had some other taglines, Cleon. We got so distracted. My tagline was Yeah, he's Magnum PI! Oh my god, he totally is! What the hell? <laughs> Oh my god, we suck. We do suck. My tagline was like, Tom Selleck is fuckable. Oh yeah. And your tagline was something that was like, just calling it puberty party. Puberty party, yeah. Because at the beginning it's just like, dudes. Dudes talking about how horny they are, sleeping with all the chicks. Yeah, just hanging out, playing sports ball. Oh yeah, playing pool and doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And then a baby comes and changes their world. Yeah. Like they used to be doing a lot of loving, but now they're going to do some loving. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so pretty much, I don't know, overall, 
Okay, so this is where my maths is going to blow your mind. So on a traditional scale, when you give something a rating out of 10, 10 is the best. Mm -hmm. But because we want to find the thing that is the most truly average, on our scale, 10 is like the most average middle of the road. And something like a 5 would be something that's genuinely good. Does that make any sense? mathematics for me. My one bastion of like... Your girlfriend. Mathematics. Hey, she has nice curves, okay? Hey! Her ass is a parabola. <laughs> I think you're using a bit of hyperbole. Hyperbola. Hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost the plot. <laughs> like the movie. I'd give this an 8 out of 10 for average. It was actually kind of entertaining. It was actually quite entertaining. It wasn't as painfully average as I would have thought it would be to be a five on IMDb. It was kind of, parts of it were really quite charming. I just felt like so much of it did not make sense whatsoever. Yeah. There were a lot of odd like storyline twists and it's sort of like they just needed to fill the time. Yeah. They were just kind of hand waving the plot away. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, just stuff that didn't make sense at all. And it was all just like sweep it under the rug. Like we'll deal with that later or not at all. We didn't even talk about the third act, which is that the mother of said child kind of rocks up and she's just this absolute crazy lady yeah she literally abandoned her baby who was really little on the doorstep of a guy that she slept with for like a one night stand and with a note that just says i can't cope just take the baby and then she just rocks up and she's like oh i can't believe how much i've missed you mary oh i just i will be taking you away with me right now i'm going back to london tonight bye for context listeners the mother is british i think they can tell from my accent Just explaining (laughs) exposition. Needless exposition, which this movie is also quite full of. For a movie that starts off and just like throws you in, and you just have to figure it out. Halfway through, when like Ted Danson returns to the apartment, they literally just they rehash the whole first forty minutes. Yeah, they just yeah they just give you the whole plot. Mm. So if you want to watch something while you're real fucked up. This is a movie for you. You can watch this while you're half asleep or really hungover on the couch on a Sunday morning. Mm. I feel really this is the type of movie that you watch when you wake up sick on a Thursday morning. You call in sick to work. You're just kind of, you know, you have a couple of cups of tea. You're resting in bed and then you decide, you know what? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to put the TV on and this type of garbage movie comes on. Yeah, exactly that scenario. Um, you could also watch it if you're like in a really long-term relationship and you're both dead from the waist down and you're in a cycle, an endless cycle of throwing the remote back and forth going, no, you pick something to watch tonight. No, you pick something to watch tonight. Just watch this because this will fill an hour and 43 minutes. I can totally relate to that from my life experience (laughs) as any listeners who know me personally will know. (laughs) We're going to want more suggestions of movies in this vein. So if you have seen a movie... And you think, oh, you really need to see this on the big screen. That's not the kind of movie we want to review. It's This is a really tricky request because the movie that we're looking for is inherently forgettable. So getting people to think of these movies... It's so hard. It's so difficult. I, yeah. feel, I feel so proud that we've brought Three Men and a Baby back into like consciousness. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is going to shake up Hollywoods, I tell you. It sure is. So, yeah, give us some more suggestions. It doesn't have to be movies. Bear in mind, if you if you suggest a TV show, we're going to watch a couple of episodes. Like, yeah. oh, um, I, 
I thought maybe now would be a really good time to check in. Have you watched any of The Bold and the Beautiful since we stopped having to watch it for, like, work? I have, and it makes me want to cry. Oh, really? I have been sipping on it like I, an ex-ice addict would have drips of methadone yeah, nice. to calm their withdrawals. Do they have methadone for ice? I thought it was for heroin. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so cool I know about all of the drugs. Nerd alert! Anyway, go yeah. on. So right now there's this kind of plot line where um, British, I think his name is Zand, his ex, who's another crazy British lady, comes to um, LA and she's like painting a mural in Wyatt's apartment. And then she writes like all of this inflammatory stuff for hope for the future. And then she gets found out and they have like an intervention. It's crazy. Wow. Mm. I haven't watched any. Mm. Oh, and Liam got Hope pregnant. Did we talk about that? Oh, yeah, no, I actually watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's, like, morally fucked because he's, like, I need to, like, please everyone. Which, by the way, here's a pamphlet on polyamory, Liam. Yeah, actually, it's so funny. In some ways, that, like, storyline twist of Liam being just the poster boy for being really ethical and moral and blah, 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 and they've thrown him in this scenario where he's gotten two women pregnant at the same time and has been bouncing back and forth between them. It's actually kind of funny. Like, mm. it's actually, like, quite comedic. Yeah. It's sort of, like, in The Good Place where, like... Redacted. No. We're going to have to edit that out. Yeah. I, I kind of partially... not. It's not even a big spoiler, but I just said something about, like, episode eight or nine of The Good Place to someone who hadn't got up to there, and I wanted to end my life because I just feel so strongly about that show. I was talking about it today at work and plugging it as well. Mm. Maybe we just both secretly love Ted Danson. We do. I love him so much. Have you seen... Oh, man, I can't remember what the show is called. I think it's called Bored to Death, and it has, like, Zach Galifianakis in it. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's in The Hangover. And he also does um, that YouTube series called Between Two Ferns. Which is great. It's so funny. Yeah, Bored to Death was a very short-lived HBO show. And it's, like, about this really delusional guy um, who starts, like, a kind of PI agency. And Ted Danson is just, like, this really eccentric dude who just joins in on the adventures. It's fantastic. Another link between Tom Selleck and and, uh, Ted Danson. Both have been in another show involving a private investigator. See, look, here's all of them in a scooter. It's so adorable. Cleon's introducing a visual element to this podcast, so we're going to upload this to our socials. It's Ted Danson, Zach Galifianakis, and someone I don't know on the back of a scooter. Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman, fuck. Um... Do you mean Billy Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> From hereby now... All Jews shall be Billy Crystal. Thank you, dear listeners. Um, If you want to suggest some other crap for us to watch, we will bring you another oddly racially charged podcast in the near future. Also, just a heads up, we're totally going to be reviewing... Disenchantment. Yes, thank you. I was just had a mental blank. Mm. It's the new show um, that's being made by some of the OG writers and directors of classic Simpsons episodes. And since that kind of stuff is in our... Um, wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. 
um, we thought that it'd be nice to kind of just do a one-off episode on something that potentially probably won't be so average. I think we'll either have very strong positive feelings about it or strong negative feelings about it. I don't. I don't think we're, we're going to be in the middle. I'm trying really. to go in there like with an open mind because I love vintage Simpsons and I'm very, very don't like. That's right. I very don't like new Simpsons and I also have never really been into Futurama. Yeah, look, I I love, 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 love Old Simpsons. I really, really like Futurama, though I don't really find it as quotable. It's just not, like, I don't hate it. I just don't find it very funny. It's still funny, but not ha-ha funny. Mm, I still find it funny. It's just, I don't, I don't really rewatch it very much. And I don't think that it's part of the daily lexicon. For people no, like and I also, yeah, I think that those earlier epi- earlier seasons of The Simpsons really hit that sweet spot in our childhood where you're at that age where you do just want to quote funny stuff. Mm, um, mm. But it's also genuinely good TV. Anyway, I could talk about The Simpsons for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think it's time to wrap this up. Yeah, this is, this is the fucking kind of shit we get when we drink wine and do a podcast. Yeah, oh man. But this is so fun. I'm so glad we like changed the format because I feel like we're back to our crazy tangents and mm-hmm. fun and all that. And The Bold and the Beautiful was really killing our spirit and our will to live. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Oh! oh. We're, <laughs> we're on um, a whole bunch of social medias, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Modest and Average. Yeah, um, we'll be posting some content onto our Instagram and our Facebook. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Pocket Casts, Google Play. We're on a, quite a lot of platforms, actually. We're on Anchor as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, hit us up. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you've got feedback or if you've got suggestions, send them through. Um, we'd love to interact with you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.